Well, this has been a long time coming, hasn't it? <laughs> we uh, have our special group over here. You might hear some heckling. Just ignore them. Just ignore them. Well, we wanted to start out tonight, or today, with a word of encouragement. Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Are you encouraged? <laughs> in order to engage in a battle, you must know your enemy and how they attack. And better, you must know your weaponry and how to use it and know the power you yield. All of you are here today to improve your marriage. Some of you are here because you've contemplated divorce, and some of you still may be hanging on by a thread. We want to encourage you, as our re-engage group encouraged us, that you have a 100% success rate in marriage. If you do it God's way and not the world's way. And we're here to share with you how to tell the difference. And, and here's, here's how, how it, it all started. started. <laughs> our marriage story begins with our divorce story. I've been married and divorced twice with three children from my first marriage. My first marriage was 12 years, my second was six years, and I've been with this guy for six years. I know what you're all thinking, but she looks so young. Uh, I was divorced uh, once after 35 years and four children. And during that 35-year period, we slipped further and further from God. And I know what you're thinking. He looks so young. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Both of our failed marriages were riddled with the uh, pursuit of things. Bigger and better living, distractions of materialism, and the justification of pursuing the American dream. Trading eternal rewards for temporary things of this world in every way possible. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Remember, only God can provide all those things in totality. Life can only be provided by God. Liberty, by grace, we are saved. And in that, liberty can be found. The pursuit of happiness is purely a circumstantial thing in this world. Pure happiness can only be found in our identity in Christ. So Gary and I met for the, for the first time in 2007 at my fireworks store over in Wisconsin. He had longer hair, shoulder length. He did exactly that as he rolled into my fireworks stand and he says, so, <laughs> chewing gum obnoxiously. And as a country girl, I looked at this city slicker, and I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he says, so, what kind of a deal would you give me if I spent $3,000 on fireworks? I said, I would charge you double. <laughs> because I was joking, because I wanted to make this new rich guy my uh, new customer, I gave him 70% off, anticipating that he would select from the inventory that I've spent months accumulating and ordering and having shipped in and inventorying and pricing and having all my kids, you know, do all the work that it requires to set up a tent every day. 
No, no. He was the biggest pain in my rear. <laughs> he put together a complete custom order that required me to load up my trailer, travel an hour and a half one way, pick up a fully loaded trailer of illegal fireworks, <laughs> and travel the hour and a half back on back roads because you can't get caught by the DOT. <laughs> so he made his purchase. I didn't see him again the rest of that year. He came back next year, and I was fully prepared for the Gary Olick. <laughs> and after that, I didn't see him for a time. Uh, we met again in 2015. Uh, we were both uh, on our way out of our marriages, and I had had a, a bout with colon cancer. Um, and uh, during the course of that bout, uh, my journey toward Christ began. Um, I w uh, despite the fact I was on my way out of a marriage, I still didn't really understand what marriage meant and what God's gift was to us. Uh, but when Sarah and I reconnected in 2015, we uh, decided we'd uh, give it a shot. And uh, sometime shortly thereafter, we moved in together and lived according to the world for five years. Those years were actually uh, quite tumultuous, and both of us were on the fence about getting married at different times. For some periods, I was greatly in favor of it, and her, and sometimes neither, and eventually both. Uh, so uh, a good friend of mine, my man-up battle buddy, Bruce Koki, uh, invited uh, me to join he and his wife, Karen, to a marriage class at this church. And by God's divine intervention, Sarah and I joined Reengage last year. We were encouraged by the stories told by the couples that were involved in marriages that could have ended in divorce and instead ended up building their faith in God and their sovereignty to hold them together. So one of those stories you might recall is Jim and Julie McLeese's, uh, how God shot Jim, <laughs> held them together. <laughs> Honestly, that was like, wow, if those two can make it. <laughs> so we have some questions for you guys to ask yourself. And be really serious and intentional when you look at these. The questions are up on the screen. Are you depending on your spouse to be accepted? Are you depending on your spouse for your identity, your security, or your purpose? God created humanity to make a creation that was to honor, serve, and glorify God. Not by force, but by giving us the gift of free will that allowed us to choose to love God for all he gives us. God's first covenant with man was marriage, Genesis 2.24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They shall go forth and fill the earth. His purpose, again, was to make a creation that multiplied and chose to love him. This is the definition of God's plan for human society and the world. So how did divorce become so widely accepted? You have to answer that question with a question. What is a healthy foundation in any society? 
the nuclear God-centered family. What has Satan targeted and how has he become so successful? He first targeted marriage and the husband and wife relationship, the foundation of the home, and has ultimately affected future generations of children that grew up in that home. Children of divorced homes likely don't have a hope in marriage and do not see it as the eternal covenant that God created it to be. So the synopsis is this. Our world has believed and perpetuated the, lives of the, world, the lies of the world that are anti-biblical. We have fallen into the Greco-Roman idea that marriage is supposed to make you happy. And if you're not happy, well, you must not have picked your soulmate. Sound familiar? Anybody? This is the lie that I adopted and perpetuated in both of my marriages and that ultimately ended in divorce. So here's the question. Who was the God of the Greeks and the Romans? Was it God Almighty? No, it was Baal worship, literally Satan. And that's the battle we're waging. But by God's design, marriage can make you happy. But only if God's the center of your worth and happiness. To depend on another human for that happiness and peace that only God can provide is sin and idolatry. This includes your parents, family, spouse, children, church, re-engaged mates. Uh, <laughs> people are sinful and fallible and could never fulfill the emotional expectations that we have and, the, and that we place on others. Only God can provide peace and unconditional love. He's the only perfect one that can love perfectly. It's up to us to read his word and find out what he thinks of us. We are perfect and blameless, holy before God as believers. So God's design for marriage is to make us, uh, God's design for marriage is to make us holy, not happy. Holy in that we get to show each other grace and forgiveness like Christ showed us and continues to show us. How many times do you forgive? 70 times seven. How many times has Christ forgiven you? What price did he pay for you? This is the price that we are to pay for and in our marriages, for our children, for future generations. What do you have to forgive? What do you need to confront in your marriage? Then let go and let God work, thereby adopting peace in the waiting while you're waiting for God to do the work that you just asked him to do. How patient has God been with you? How much more patient do you have the privilege of being as a believer with your spouse, with your children, fellow believers and unbelievers? How many times have you decided to celebrate mistakes and see them as opportunities to show how God loves through forgiveness and grace? What are you angry about? Is there any trouble on this earth that, that will exist in eternity? So uh, what would have happened if uh, in the 60s Christians had stood up rather than give in and let world influence our society? What if Christians stood up when they took prayer out of school? What if Christians did not go to movies with ever increasing nudity and profanity? What if Christians would have given in to the idea or wouldn't have given in to the idea that divorce was an option. We have many questions for you today. 
but ultimately we are here to testify that divorce is ugly. Not only in the ways it affects us in this fallen world, but it is an offense to God Almighty. God hung on that cross not a second longer than he had to, and not a second too short to ensure that he paid for all the sins of the world, yours and mine. He hung there and accepted the penalty of your sins that in the context of marriage has resulted in divorce or thoughts and actions towards divorce. Divorce doesn't begin on the day you separate. It begins when you don't forgive. And you expect your spouse to be God. God would never divorce us. Just like parents could never stop loving their children, no matter what the offense. We are to love our spouses and never give up. Defend God's design for marriage. Defend grace, love, and depth of forgiveness that we as blood-bought believers enjoy from our Savior. Show the world that love, starting with your spouse and children, God's love changed the world. It changed our eternal future. Let's focus on that rather than the Greco-Roman satanic lie that permeates our culture. If you've been divorced, God's already forgiven you. If you've been divorced, you've already done damage to those around you. But marriage, a godly marriage, has the ability to heal your relationship with God. Godly marriage can heal your children. Healed hearts can heal future generations. We are all Christians because of the first century believers were faithful to be different because of Christ. Make a decision to be the change and to be the difference in this world. You've made a great decision by attending this class. Be diligent, do your homework. Continue in marriage study with others. Create that accountability. As saved, blood-bought believers, you are the salt and light unto the world. Embrace it to the point of death so that God may be, the, may be honored in all that we do and say. So, so. Our story <laughs> begins again. Uh, <laughs> uh, our re-engaged group decided to meet week after week for a year after last year's session. So I think it's important, though, um, to say that we had a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it's really a shame that our re-engaged group is so boring. <laughs> there we go. Hawaiian Sunday in somebody's backyard. Yeah, no, uh, Hopkins. I don't think we were actually socially distancing. I, no. I didn't see I that social, <laughs> but we did great. Um, our re-engaged group decided to meet week after week for a year. They encouraged us, even bullied us, <laughs> to finally tie the knot. Uh, we had many opportunities to get married, and they all fell through. So uh, Christmas 2019, we were supposed to get married, and my dad had a heart attack, the one who was supposed to marry us. Uh, Gary's mom was diagnosed with, me with mesothelioma, and one of our family members was actively dying. 
these were all phone calls that we got within an hour of each other. Uh, then we were so excited from our uh, encouragement from our re-engage group, we decided to get married at the last session of the re-engage last year on March 15, 2020, and three days before, the entire world shut down. <laughs> then in passing, uh, Sarah says, you know, I think we should get married this Sunday. Can anyone guess what may have happened? At all, any guesses? Gary's mom died that Sunday. No kidding. Uh, some might have been dissuaded. Uh, maybe even took it as a sign from the universe to <laughs> shake hands and part ways. Uh, but we are diligent. <laughs> we found out that re-engage was beginning again on January 17th, 2021. And on January 10th, 2021, Gary and I flippantly said, once again, to the universe, that we should get married next Sunday as we were headed up the stairwell to attend our weekly meeting with our re-engage group here at Grace. So we told our group of our plan, and TJ Jankowski <laughs> bullied us, no, and says, uh, yeah, sounds great, let's do it. You guys are getting married next Sunday. No pressure. We hadn't mentioned a word of this to our families. <laughs> so we decided to try it. Uh, a very, very important note um, is to know that our re-engage group was praying heavily over us over that past year and often commented on the prior how the devil was working against us and that they would pray and pray for our protection. We all deduced that our marriage was going to be used of God in some miraculous way, and Satan wanted to thwart it. Our faithful group prayed. Thank you. Um, we had dreams of sharing our testimony at the first re-engage session, but things didn't go as planned. Um, our re-engage group kept praying, and what the devil uh, meant for evil, God turned into the most perfect blessing. So on Wednesday that week, four days before our marriage day, thank you, TJ, um, I called my dad, the pastor from Wisconsin. He wasn't planning on coming up for the wedding because of scheduling conflicts that he had, given the short notice. But when I told him how our plans fell through, he said he would come up and perform our ceremony. So on January 17th, my mom's birthday, we got married at our house on our back deck like she had wished for before she died in 2018. It was 27 degrees outside. Uh, it was a quick ceremony. And uh, thankfully, in the um, 40 years I've been listening to my dad's sermons, I swear it was the shortest one he's ever given. <laughs> In honor of my mom, everyone who came wore one of my mom's costume jewelry brooches. Our day was full of happy tears and smiles of our guests, the 14 of us from our marriage group. 
a few members of our family and two of my ch three children. Our marriage group provided the potluck and the loving support in every way. That day was absolutely perfect. <laughs> Satan did not win, and God reigned that day and every day since. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> God knew we needed our group. He put them in our lives at the exact moment that we needed them. I ask that you guys stand. You guys were our army in our war. You were our soldiers. Please give these guys the biggest round of applause. We cannot thank you guys enough. Okay. <laughs> so people ask now, so how is married life? Any different? I suppose not, huh? Since you've been living together for five and a half years? I answer every time. It's way different. When you're free from guilt, from sin, of living in sin, when you are abiding in, by God's will and design, it changes your life. I'm grateful to God every day for his sovereignty in placing us with our friends and in this class. He is so good. So, be diligent in the Lord. Live by his design, not Satan's. Experience and show the world that we're different. Surround yourself with people that will encourage you in marriage and hold you accountable. Let them seek what we have only because of Christ. Be bold, remember who you are, waging war with the world. It's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You are Satan's enemy, and you are at war. But I've got great news for you. We win. <laughs> Be diligent, stay in the word, sharpen your weaponry, and show that the Holy Spirit dwells inside you. So let's pray. God, give each of these couples the hedge of protection so that they may be used of you. Let your light shine in their marriage and tear them away from every earthly desire. Allow them to find their acceptance, identity, security, and purpose in you so that their marriage can be a blessing and bring honor and glory to you. Amen. I kind of like to add uh, one thing. Um, Trev, it's been awesome. This is a great ministry, and we'll do it every year. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a tremendous supporting uh, factor in our lives, and it has brought us close to a number of people. It's amazing the energy that comes from it, and uh, I think we all owe you a round of applause.
So you are who you hang with. That's what my dad used to say. There's a, uh, there's a radio televangelist who does marriage therapy. And when he has callers call in, he said that, uh, you know, when they call and say, hey, you know, I'm I think I'm going to get divorced. You know, my wife and I are on a way out. And the first question he asks them is, who else do you know that's getting a divorce? And every single one of them has an answer of a close friend, of somebody they've just been acquainted with, etc. If you want to get divorced, you should hang out with people that don't encourage marriage in the way that God designed it. But if you want to stay married, surround yourself with people that believe in a godly marriage in the way he designed things. Amen. Amen. So good. <clears throat> Thank you, Gary and Sarah. You guys are awesome. Super cool. I don't even know how to, like, I have nothing to say because she said it all. But I will say this. The power of the small group to come alongside this couple and pray for them, hold them accountable, and even bully you guys at times. In Jesus' name. But <laughs> uh, no. This is the stories that we hear coming from Reengage, and I hope that you will have the courage to share yours as well with others. It makes a difference. So thank you, Gary and Sarah. Have a great time in your small group today talking about this topic of diligence.